Hey guys, Johnny here from Bogeyman. Before we get into this week's podcast, I just wanted to let you know that our new video series, Tea Time, which was a partnership with Tom Kennedy and Experience Harland Golf around their social media open event. That YouTube series is going to be going live next Wednesday, the 11th of August. The trailer for that series has gone live across our YouTube and our social channels, so please be sure to check that out. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel to be the first to see this new series. A lot of work went into this. We're really, really proud of the work that has gone into it. It was a brilliant week. We had so much fun at the event. We had so much fun filming this series. So please check it out. Let us know what you think of it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Now, without any further ado, let's get into this week's show. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Bogeyman Golf Podcast, hosted by Dave and Johnny. It is the what the week after the ISBS handler where Dave, you were caddying. Um, we're gonna be getting out, out to play a bit, bit of golf ourselves. But um, I think if anyone has been keeping an eye on social over the last few weeks, you'll have noticed that the Ducal Gears, the guys that we've partnered with on the podcast, have a whole load of new stock. So they've released a whole new line of peak polos, they've restocked all their gilets and quarter zips, and they've added a new product in each of the quarter zips and the gilets um i think that's gonna be really really cool we saw the, some of the new colors that they've coming out for the quarter zips and they've got this new athletic line which i mean if you're athletic that's great for you so <laughs> <laughs> i I, uh, I don't know if i'll be wearing that but yeah it's good good for you if you can pull that off <laughs> yeah i it's um the new stuff is really cool the actual new gilet this is like a like a gray gunmetal gray not gunmetal but lighter than that uh gilet which i'm a massive fan of um so that's coming out Um, the green actually in the quarters it was really cool looks um, very nice it's kind of like the um similar enough to what rory and shame are wearing at the olympics yeah they could possibly a little, a little lighter but that yeah kind of tone yeah probably a bit warm to be wearing at the olympics given it was possibly. 40 degrees but um if you are getting the stuff uh add it to the basket add bogeyman b-o-g-e-y-m-e-n as i didn't say it's better name yeah. yeah i was just like there's there's a uh there's something that caught me um so add that at checkout and that'll get you 15 percent off all of your new stuff and as my brother found out the other day ordered it got it next day so you're going to get stuff as quick as if you're if like if you were listening to this now you will get it tomorrow if it's not the weekend that's that's some service some service it is class so yeah so um johnny how's the golf golf has been uh better which is which is nice i went out for a playing lesson with marco mahoney at carton house played the omara for the first time very nice course very underrated course i think when people talk about carton a lot of them talk about monty um oh, i i would say the mr is my my favorite of the two yeah a lot of people have that i think the the monty is marmite to people you love it or you hate it i've not i've never come across anyone's like ah oh, it's okay yeah it's it's nice kind of thing it's either i hate that place or i love that place mm. um whereas the 
Omar is probably a lot more to what you would be used to down in down in Manchuria, really, I suppose, in the layout, but like like a some stretch of holes kind of from kind of on the back nine. Like yeah, from about 12, 12 to 16, 17, you're yeah. talking to talking about lovely stretch of holes there. Yeah, exactly. So it um it it's probably it probably has a few in the middle or it had probably has a few at the start. And like 18 is probably not the strongest of the lot, but the um that middle that middle stretch down by the river is whew, God, spectacular. Yeah. Well, well, it's like God, if you're doing a 36 all day or a weekend, like absolutely get involved there because and it is very good value too. So, yeah, no, good. Um, lovely course, played, played all right. Turns out that my alignment is just shocking, <laughs> essentially. Um, my club face was wide open off to the right, my feet and shoulders were pointed out to the left. So, um, it's a miracle that I was contacting the ball at all, apparently. So, right, wow, yeah. okay. Well, it's funny though when Mark sees you on course as opposed to in a studio, um, mm. it's completely different because you're so target based, and um, at a range or sorry, on a course versus at a range or in a um, in a studio. So look, that that sounds like that worked worked a treat. Yeah, it did, and I I played pretty well. Then I played with Emma Driscoll afterwards. A couple a couple of days later on the bank holiday Monday, and uh, didn't embarrass myself, which is you know always the goal, always the goal. You won. You won money there, I heard. So. I won. I won lunch, which is you won lunch, did nice. you? One lunch. Um, she, she, by her own admission, was not playing at her best. Um, I don't fancy playing her at her best either. To be <laughs> the second she was like, "Have you played a little match?" Um, she turned it on. It was just a there different player. Yeah. And yeah, like I always say, like a digestive and tea, I crumbled in spectacular fashion. <laughs> But still won the lunch. That's that's the main thing. Hey, look, full bellies, happy days. How about you? How's you? A lot's been going on in the golfing yeah. world for you. So, do you want to start off with the ISPS? ISPS, yeah. So I was. How did that come about? Uh, through Ross Oliver. Um, uh, we've just been in touch, and there was requesting for caddies, and I actually for, kind of was keen on was keen on jumping up and. Um, because it's something that you kind of need to, if you, if you like doing, um, you actually need to dip into it fairly regularly to, to keep, keep your uh, eye, keep your eye in really genuinely, because it's, it's a, it's a very processy kind of a thing. And it's, it, ta- it just takes a bit of getting back, getting used to again. So I was like, yeah, that'd be great. It's only a couple of, it's only an hour and a half away from me here. So, um, was able to fit in around work and stuff like that. So it was great. So yeah, so Caddy for Hannah Burke, who is kind of in the top, well, top sixty in the LET rankings, um, an English girl who was over in Baylor University, who is just such a super solid player. Like there, I think I, I we've always said this, and it's nearly cliched that guys need to go and watch uh, tour women play golf, and they will get better by watching them. And mm. that just that just stands that just stands true. It was the first time I actually caddied for in a in a women's tournament as opposed to men's. And you just see how much more relevant the golf is and their way of getting around the course versus lads trying to bust it left, right, and center. Um so so real quick there, you were saying it's the first time caddying for a woman athlete opposed yeah. to a man. Yeah. How did that change? Like I guess like instantly people are gonna say off the tee, carry distance isn't as much. Did 
did the process change or did just the numbers change? No, just the numbers and just how you visualize the flights. They're far more familiar as flights. Like she'd hit it probably 30 yards less than me off the tee or 30 yards, probably 20 yards per club iron wise and probably 30 yards off the tee less. But you could very, very easily see the shots uh, as opposed to hitting a nine iron 180 like do you know sure. where you can't relate to that or, or how a ball would react when it lands as well and that you can more accurately say well listen this is going to land here it will move like this it's not like everything just comes down from this from like the heavens and stops on a on a dime it doesn't mm. it's a much flatter ball flight there's a little bit of rollout and the course was playing super firm and um, we had awful weather on the thursday which is just a caddy's nightmare like just pissed down and you're just like jesus I forgot how shitty this is because I was um, obviously doing all her yardages for her with her as well. There's a kind of a level of trust that you'd build up and that she'd just not look at the yardages and for some shots that you just, that you just walk them out. Obviously the tour books are there. Now we had the tour book for Galgorm, as you saw, and you saw the amount of detail, but the, the calculations that go into it have to be really quick. And you have to be really, really exact um, <laughs> because they are really exact. Um, so it's uh, while you're doing that in the rain with a brolly, trying to keep bag dry, trying to keep her dry. And you're just like, this is this is a nightmare. And then you just get into the you just get into the, I suppose, the routine of it, really. And How long did it take her do you feel to trust you? Because obviously she was coming to you called uh, knew her. Yeah, the, probably the practice rounds, really. Like what happens is I would do the yardages and she ha- she has her laser and she'd probably s- like scan a couple and I just call a number back and she- once I think she realizes that you can add up your sums you're pretty much <laughs> you're all right but yeah it was a good day like poor girl couldn't hold a putt to save her life um you've been rubbing off on her that's what oh that man I said that as well I was like Jesus Christ you had five lip outs second day and you're just like that's the difference and then but the difference is like here she is paying like playing for a check and like she should have been I would have said she should have been six under for the two rounds finishes three over Ooh. and like his every fair we hit every green made one mistake each day that cost her a bogey um, and that is all I can genuinely think of other than she burnt edges all week, like all week. And it's just very frustrating for her, really. Um, like it, it got to like comical. <laughs> it got like <laughs> Kerry comical. If you like. yeah, send her the episodes. Send her the episodes. <laughs> and I was just like, Jesus, this was. But the, the difference being we're down there having fun and she's trying to trying to make a living. And you're just going, right, there's a couple of grand of a week gone because, mm. because she didn't hold putts. But um, no, great week. Uh, Galgon was looking unbelievably well. Uh, they played on Mazarine as well, uh, which is a nice club course, which kind of stood up to tour players. I don't know and murdered it, um, okay. which was great. Uh, was playing kind of, it got very, very wet. And because it was so firm underfoot, the water just was literally sitting on the top on, on kind of Wednesday and for the practice round. And it played a little bit funny. Uh, but like no fault of the course at all. Like, you know, it wasn't, it was just, just a strange kind of weather situation. Uh, but yeah, Galgon was looking fantastic. Ross was, was running around like mad, getting stuff organized up there. And um, yeah, it was, was really good. Really, really good week. How's your own golf? Uh, my own golf. 
I've just been doing a bit of practice. I'm on a reserve list for the Irish close, which is next week. Uh, I'm kind of slowly creeping up to that. So I'll just keep on practicing um, playing a club match on Sunday. So we'll see where I am. I had the vaccine yesterday or the day before yesterday and I was rattled after it. So is, we were meant to do this yesterday and I was in bed. Um, so uh, I'm just, all I'm suffering from is a bit of a dead arm now. So I should, should be all right to get back practicing. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much me. I might have a look at some, if there's any scratch cups going later on in the towards the end of the year. But it's kind of, weather's a bit shitty and stuff, isn't it? So um, gone are 30 degree days and kind of making sure we have some cream on, I think. I know I'm playing I'm playing tomorrow uh Corbulus Great Track. Oh great Friday. Uh with Amy Condon. And actually she, uh, she's at um Ladies European Tour player Monique Monique Smith coming over as well. So we're playing with her. So like what you were saying about getting to play with players like that and seeing their ball flights and just seeing yeah. how good they are. Mm-hmm. Really looking forward to uh to that tomorrow. But yeah. I was saying to Amy this morning that yeah, hopefully the weather improves because this looks a bit shite. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Um, so well, we, we'll see. We'll see if you if you get out there, that'll be that'll be brilliant to. I think we're going out regardless. Just oh right, okay. You're actually going to break. Hopefully it. the weather will be better. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're playing now. In fairness, we, we do have a club match like there's a Donegal Scratch League or Scratch something or it's like the Senior Cup just in the county. Cool. So we're going over to Northwest to play them on Sunday. Um, which would be interesting um, if the weather <laughs> doesn't clear up because that place, Jesus, that's the next stop, Iceland up there. Um, yeah, it's, it's way, way up, but looks looks great. I'm just going to pop over this evening and, and play a few holes there if the weather clears up. So, um, yeah, there hasn't been, to be honest, there hasn't been much going on. Like it, it took a bit of a break after a, a busy, no, I suppose a little break after a busy period and kind of mad keen to get to get going again. Have you been watching much golf? Um, did you watch any of the Olympics? So why isn't the Olympics easier to watch the golf? It's a nightmare to watch. If you're if like it's on basically golf TV and the red button, um, you get a lot on BBC. But unfortunately, um, I don't have either golf TV or the red button. So I'm going to rely on updates from um, from Twitter and stuff. So I didn't see any of it. Um, I will say that Going back, I was absolutely right about one thing, and that was the inevitable climb down from Rory about his comments pre-Olympics. Like, came probably if I was to have said a day as to when it would come, I would have said basically a day after. And sure enough, he comes and said, I didn't get it. I didn't know what I was going for. It was only when I got there I realized how special this is. And I'm sorry for saying what I did. And it's just... It's just the most Rory thing of all time. Right? Yeah, how has he not learned this? Like yeah, every been... time, every single time, he had the climb down about St Andrews that it was too easy for the Dunhill, blah blah. That came back. He had the climb down about this. Now this was probably the biggest. This is probably the biggest one I would have thought. And now he's like, can't wait to get to Paris in twenty twenty four. This is the best thing ever. This is what I want to win. I've never fought as hard for for third place in my life. And he, the way he said it post round, like you believed it. Yeah. You knew he meant it. Oh, he did. Like, and he was clearly gutted that he didn't get it. Um, it's, just, it's just the most, look, we, we knew it was, we knew it was coming and he'll, and do you know what? 
that is probably why I like him for this stuff is because he's really honest in the moment and then he isn't afraid he's not too Billy Big Balls to turn around and say ah to be honest I was probably a bit wrong there yeah he's <laughs> the great thing about Rory is that he is very happy to accept when he's wrong yeah um he has this habit of making himself or coming across as very publicly wrong fairly regularly yeah he just needs to stop like just think just take a minute like Ah no, where's the fun in that then? Well, it's great. No, for us. This great is for like, us. yeah, this is where the um like he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't read newspapers. He's not looking at like golf digest wondering what we're thinking about him or like or what people are writing about him. Like he doesn't read that. So like this is all obli- he's all obli- he's oblivious to that. Um it's he gives an like an honest wrong take on things and isn't afraid to to back off it. Um Sure, which is refreshing, that. which is great. Yeah. It's not, it's not choreographed, or it's not, uh, it's not pured to his yeah, life, where exactly whatever he says is disingenuous. It's almost overly, ingenuous. overly genuine. <laughs> yeah, overly genuine. Yeah, is um, that like he's far too honest? Um, that's it. And then, and then when he's wrong, which he, <laughs> which he has a fright, like. He does. He very frequently is, but he'll um, he'll he'll climb back down off it, and like, it, do you remember the distance debating? Yeah, like, that was a real good, honest take at the time, where he was like, "That distance report was a fucking waste of money." Do you remember he came out and said that, and it yeah. was like, "Here is the most honest thing." Whereas the RNA were all up about this distance report, which is 120 something pages long, and someone had been commissioned to do it, and it probably taught, cost millions. And he's like, "What was the point of that? <laughs> like, that was a stupid thing to do." And he's come out against the USGA in the PGA Tour and the European Tour, and he doesn't care whose feathers he ruffled. It's just very refreshing, very honest, and at times very funny. Yeah, I think I think Rory's honesty or his the fact that he doesn't care about whose feathers he does ruffles comes across far more endearing to. I think if you just use the Bryson example, oh, example from yesterday where he's made that stupid statement about the COVID vaccine, it's like the polar like Rory's interaction with press or making statements is the polar opposite to what Bryson says and what Bryson in particular said yesterday about the COVID vaccine. I don't want to get too much into it because it's so, so idiotic, but I don't need it. I'm healthy. I'm a young individual that will continue to be healthy and continue to work on my health. But I don't think that taking a vaccine away from someone that could need it is a good thing. Like America has a surplus of vaccines regardless of whatever Bryson idiotically just said there. So him taking a vaccine does not take one away from anyone else. It's just, ugh. I'm not going to get into it because this is so frustratingly stupid. But... It's, um, it's just these, I like his scientist thing, like this, the pseudoscience. Yeah, like, that's gone now. That's this revoked. Fri- this is frightening. Fucking <laughs> gobshite. That's that's what his title's going to be now. Yeah. Um, gobshite de Shambo. <laughs> it's, he just, uh, I'm finding it hard to come across. I think outside of probably 
Kareem Benzema. I'm finding it hard to come across a sports person that I dislike more, to be honest. Um, for and it's a whole multitude of reasons that we don't we could go into a whole podcast on, but I have just looked at this um kind of it's like an evolution of him or something from kind of mild mannered decent type to mm, trumpist kind of republican american the worst facets of each of them mm-hmm. uh from like a uh and and it's just and it's it's in, like you feel kind of embarrassed for him and you wonder I just wonder now what's going to happen. Like we are, we're not. We're just over one month out from, uh, from whistling straight, and you just wonder how he's been received by his own team now at this stage. Like, well, given the fact that Brooks is like, well, I'm not going to be paired with him, and yeah. if Brooks is going to be that open, and Brooks is probably like the other end of the spectrum where he'll yeah. say what the first thing that comes to his mind, and he won't care about the repercussions. But if Brooks is, we'll call him the opposite end of the spectrum, you can be guaranteed there are guys on that Ryder Cup team who are like, oh, I don't really want to have anything to do with Bryson. I won't say anything publicly, but I don't really want to be paired with him. Yeah. Don't really want to go near him. Don't want to be on his foursome's team. Don't want to be on his four ball. Like, could you imagine Webb Simpson being like, what the hell am I going to do being paired with Bryson DeChambeau? Yeah. He's like, it's a totally different game to me. He's a totally different person. Like, Webb is a very religious person who I think every week he and Bubba go to the PGA Tours chapel and they're, they have like a service and, but he's a very mild-mannered guy compared to Bryson even like Xander who won Olympic gold you gotta think guys like him are like god I don't really want anything to do with, with yeah. Bryson that's yeah. just a it's a, a virus in itself within that team yeah yeah exactly and actually, speaking of which, um, viruses or no, Bryson. no, the Ryder Cup. <laughs> um, I was just actually going through this morning. I was going through the Ryder Cup points, just like as an update as to like, because I kind of forgotten who was in and who was out. Uh, team America on no Team Europe. Will. Okay. And so, as it stands, it is Ram, Fleetwood, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, and they're on the European points. And then on the world points, you have Rory, Victor Hovland, Paul Casey, Lee Westwood, and Shane Lowry. And Shane has a bit of a gap to Victor Perez and Bob McIntyre. There's so a cushion there, is what you're saying. There's a little bit of a cushion there that, yeah, because the I think one that could, if Bernd Wiesberger or Victor Perez has a good end to the year, that or sorry, good end. Sorry, good month. Now there's very little on, to be honest. That, that well, this happen. week's probably important. WGC, yeah, WCG is, field event is probably WCG. quite important to them. Yeah, this is this is the last one. Um, and you're looking at Wiesberger and Perez, really. I think who would be potentially knocking Shane out of um out of contention. Um, so yeah, he, he I think I think Bob's that. probably going to get in on a pick. Which is great. I think he's had a, a brilliant year, but I don't think he's there points-wise. Yeah, yeah. And it's, look, I think, well, he, he's just, he's the next one in on points, you see, as well. Like, it's it's a lo- it's a logical enough pick to have McIntyre there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then if you look at the US, um, you are talking on the automatic side. See, this is the other side. They have six and six. 
isn't it? Six captain's yeah. picks and six automatics. So it's Colin Morikawa, DJ, <laughs> Bryce, Bryson, Brooks, JT, and Xander Shoffley. And then the, the next, the, the one in contention there is Jordan Spieth. He's actually in, in, in contention for that last spot, but there's a big gap to Patrick Reed, Harris English, Patrick Cantlay, Daniel Berger, Tony Fina. They're all at like, unless they won this week, they could pop, potentially pop in. But um, it just that sounds like a nightmare. Like it's, it sounds like what Harrington didn't want is what the US are going to be left with. Like they have to pick six from from God knows from God knows what. Like what's the criteria that's going to be there for them? As in Harrington's only going to make effectively one probably borderline call, which realistically will probably go with Poulter um, if he plays well. I heard, I heard I'm hearing Sergio's already in. Sergio's already in. Wow, that's mad with Harrington. Like, let's face it, not exactly happy bedfellows. But like, Sergio has won a fair bit in the last eighteen months. Like, and Sergio and Poulter are basically side by side on the world points list. Mm. And they're because obviously that's the list that they're most applicable to because they spend most of their time in the US. Um, like, if it was Sergio Poulter and McIntyre, you'd be fairly happy with that three, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, personally, I would. Do I think Poulter deserves it over like Perez or Wiesberger? No, mm. but like yeah. if if Poulter was was chosen, would I? I would not throw my arms up in in disgust that he's on the yeah, team. I think I, I think he'd be brilliant, but I just don't think he probably. Yeah, I it see. I think Perez. he'll bring in one rookie as he like he'll already have. If you look, if you look at his um. He'll have two rookies effectively with Lowry and Hovland. Now, I know obviously their status is as such that they're <laughs> super. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Where uh, and then he'll bring in McIntyre, but you, I, I couldn't see another captain's pick being another rookie. Like there'd be four of twelve then, and two picks, and you've a lot, you've a lot to lose. Whereas I think get a safe pair of hands in to be honest that's what i'd be thinking i'd be like one kind of a not he's not a wild card by any stretch of the imagination is mcintyre um and then two two good solid ones in in around it because you're already gonna have a lot of experience westwood casey rory like jesus you've and then effectively the best player in the world at the moment as well on the other side yeah so yeah so interesting times gonna be good to see that's really that's gonna come up quick. It will. Is Poulter in the field for Memphis? Uh, he did you see? is. Yeah, I saw something on uh, instead of him slumming it on a private jet going over there, which is tough for him. Um, so this is a big a big week for him then as well. He is. Yeah, he's in the field. Yeah, like it's it's a full it's a full world top top hundred in the world field. Uh, okay. So this is a big week for him. Like. If he needs to start showing some form against the limited field event, he needs he needs a good good showing this week. Yeah, no, he de- he definitely does. He definitely does. Um, what I'm actually trying to see is is Viesberger in that field, which actually makes Shane's life a whole lot. Which he is not. He's not in that field this week, which does make that makes a huge difference. That is big. Yeah. Perez is in the field. So it's basically Perez's show to 
spoil for um, Shane. For Shane. So look, that's going to be that's going to be pretty good. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much like the tour life. The LET tour. Actually, do you know what was really cool? I meant to actually say the ISPS and was actually with the LPGA were there. Yeah. And they brought like a stacked field over. Like they brought everybody. Like it was it was noted. And I think it was commented on like I think the highest ranking sort of the star person on the on the European tour from the men's side was Andy Sullivan. Yes, they had Jennifer Cupcho and Lee Six was over and like major winners came over to play. Mm. Now I know they are going in towards their open season and a lot of them are staying over and have used it as a kind of a springboard. Um they're going to Soto Grande this week and a lot of them are staying for the Scottish next week and then are yeah next week and then the um the open. So hence why a, a lot of them a lot of them did it. And uh yeah. I think the field would have been stronger though as well. I mean, like it, it's a pity that it was in a few days before a lot of the bigger names, biggest names, head over to Tokyo. But yeah. I get, I get, I get where you, what you're getting at, which is at the LPGA. They send the full circus to whatever event it is. I mean, obviously there's a few events over in China which they probably won't all attend, but when it's only a five-hour fight or something like that from the east coast over to ireland and then they have a little swing in europe yeah it's, it's the type of event where i say next year when there is no olympics that event if it's in gagorm again um gonna be a serious serious field from the lpga side for sure for sure but um, great no, to see no it was it was great to see it to be honest but um yeah do we think we'll ever see a women's irish open again uh, i'd say after that definitely yeah 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 like put it in in the same function as the as the men's um in that couple of weeks before an event that you're going to have them over for be that a links event um makes a lot of sense um i think modest will do their best to get something on the island i uh, i really do uh well certainly niall horan will um mm. he has like you really kind of see how much ever like he was there six days last week um doing as much media as he could he's actually followed our group for a good while um like just because he's oh, he heard about you was that it just, just like just oh, has that's that man's carrying <laughs> it was i'd say all right yeah but, uh, hannah turned around at one stage she had a decent shot into like five it's part three or sorry 13 i think it was actually and there's just one person clapping and i just turned around it was actually him and you're just like oh right it's like why is he following this group and he just continued to follow and then dropped back and followed a few more groups. And he actually genuinely has an interest in the golf. He's not just like he was out in the middle of nowhere on his own, which is because basically he gets hounded everywhere. But my point being is that he does follow the golf as well. And getting something in Ireland, I'd say, is pretty high on his list of priorities if that's what he's going to go after with Modest. And they run a very good run a very good show up there. That'd be great. I think that the women's game absolutely deserves an irish event again for sure so yeah for sure. hopefully hopefully sooner than later um i think we might wrap it up for there uh, for today i think we will probably spend another pod chatting about the updates or the announcements to the strategic lines between the pga tour and the european tour where the scottish open is now a pga tour event in some way shape or form um 
but look guys thank you very much for listening it was a short one this week but uh we will catch up with you guys in the next one on the tee jack nicholas this is the minute the millions around the world have waited for we will allow you to enjoy all of this they are dancing in the pubs of dublin Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.